We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of a Pack-A-Day podcast, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host today. And, you know, we are starting summer. I, uh, I, I, I must say, last weekend, I went out for the first time I, uh, for this summer, went to my wife's parents' lake property and uh, did some fishing, got some sun. I don't know, Maggie and Jacob, I don't know if you can tell, but my face is is burnt. I don't know if you can see through the video how bad it is. My neck is completely fried because I am not good at sunscreening. Um, but uh, we're officially in summer. Hopefully you're able to get out and do at least something. Enjoy the weather as the weather gets nicer. Get out of lockdown if you if where you're living you're still kind of under that quarantine a little bit uh summer is meant to be enjoyed so hopefully you guys can be doing something fun shortly but speaking of fun uh for i mean we're still really with everything going on with the virus and it being june um you know still not a whole lot of new news uh so i came up with a topic that both uh maggie and jacob approved of Uh, Not sure if they necessarily liked it, but they approved of it. Uh, So we're going to do the word association game today. And so what we're going to do, I saw this a couple of weeks ago. Um, A radio show did this with uh, 
every team in the NFL. They went around, listed every team, and when they listed the team, you know, you said, who is the first player that comes to mind? So with Green Bay, you know, you had a lot of, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Bart Starr uh, type stuff. So that's what we're going to do, but we're just going to do the Packers, and we're going to go through every position. And sorry for you fans of kickers and punters, we're excluding them. Uh, and then we are including, though, fullback because that is a – well, it's almost like a folklore position depending on who you are in Green Bay. So, uh, But we're going to do that. We're just going to go around all three of us. And the fun thing about this is there is no right or wrong answer. It's just when you hear that position, for you personally, you think of who. Who comes to mind? So no right or wrong answer unless, of course, you know – your answer is like Brett Hundley for quarterback. Sorry, not. I don't mean to pick on Brett Hundley, but eh, maybe it does. Maybe it comes to mind for all the wrong reasons. But um, so that's what we're going to do today. Have a little bit of fun, and um, so we'll we'll get started right now. Uh, start with quarterback Maggie. When I say Green Bay's Packers quarterbacks, first player that comes to mind to you is who? Aaron Rodgers, because that is the quarterback that I grew up watching. And I mean, I was in on the tail end of Favre and I cried like a baby during the uh, Bart Starr tribute when I was at Lambeau. But Rodgers was the player for me to not only fall in love with football, but really understand it and learn about it and want to write about it and talk about it. So got to be Rodgers for me. All right. And Jacob, for you? Let me preface by saying I think Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Brett Favre. However, the answer to this question for me is Brett Favre, because much like Maggie said, she grew up watching Aaron Rodgers. I grew up watching Brett Favre. Brett Favre was my hero. My first memory as a Packers fan is him running around the Superdome with his helmet over his head. I used to pretend I was him in my backyard. All those threw the ball way too hard and probably had my shoulder come apart because of it. But, yeah, Brett Favre is the – I remember – when Aaron Rodgers took over, my first thought was like, I heard the Fox announcer that was hyping up one of the games saying Rodgers and the Packers. And like, that just sounding weird. Now, obviously now that's a little different. He's been the quarterback for quite some time and he's pretty damn good. Uh, but at the time it was a like Brett Favre was the Packers for so long. And that's the, I mean, the biggest reason I became a Packers fan. So um, I'll always associate that with him. You know, Jacob, I, I agree with you that I believe Aaron Rodgers to be a better quarterback, but I'm also in the same boat. Uh, Brett Favre came in and took over for Don Mikowski on September 20th, 1992. I was born September 21st, 1992, literally the day after. Uh, my dad came into the delivery room that Monday and told my mom that he wanted to change my name from Nick to Brett because he said, quote, this guy is going to take us places. My mom clearly did not bite on that, but uh, literally, uh, like, Brett Favre was my childhood, born the day after his first win. Uh, so, you know, all respect to Star and Rodgers, um, but, uh, yeah, for me, it is, it is Brett Favre. So, moving on to running back, this one, I'm actually really interested. There's a couple of answers I'm thinking here, but Maggie, running back for you is who? Eddie Lacy, because he was the first Packer that I ever got to meet. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know if he'd be the first, like, by nature, he's not really the first running back that I think of when I think of Packers running backs, but because he holds a significant place in my memory as 
the first player that I ever got to meet. That's why I think of Eddie Lacy. But that's that's a great reason as to why that comes to mind. And like I said, there's no wrong answers here. So, um, yeah, Jacob. Jacob made a face, so I had to give context. <laughs> oh no, I love Fat Jacob, Eddie. Jacob always Eddie. gives faces. <laughs> Don't call him Fat Eddie. <laughs> Can we call him Cheeseburger I, Eddie? I'm, no, I miss, I miss Ed. It was I enjoyed his tenure. It's one of those. Aaron Jones is probably a better player. But Eddie Lacy was incredibly entertaining, watching him just bounce off of people. I remember, and Maggie, I know you do too, in 2014 when they played the Eagles, the touchdown where he just carried like four dudes with him into the end yes. zone. It was he was a hard guy to tackle, and it was honestly great. I'm kind of hoping that A.J. Dillon can recreate some of that stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I miss Ed. It was an interesting time for him for sure. For me, uh, it's the Dark Knight, Batman, I'm on green because he's the – Packers all-time leading rusher, the first running back's jersey I ever owned when I was younger. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch. I've met him a couple times. He runs a softball tournament. Well, not this year, but he ran a softball tournament here in Rockford. So I've gotten to meet him there a couple times. Um, and I met him this past year when, after the Packers beat the Bears at home, he did the Packer Report podcast with Ross Uglum. So that was pretty cool, too. Uh, he's friends with Gilbert Brown. But, um, yeah, Amon was awesome. You almost – single-handedly carried a team to the Super Bowl if Mike Sherman had a spine. So that would have been a nice thing to have. Yeah. Uh, you know, Amon Green is one that comes to mind for me too. But for me, it's um, – and this is – there's got to be some people out there going to be listening to this thinking, what? Uh, Ryan Grant, not the wide receiver that sat on the bench of our roster this past year, but uh, the running back. I remember when Green Bay traded for him. I think they traded, what, a sixth-round pick to the Giants for him? And for whatever reason, I think it was honestly that he wore number 25, and that made me think of Dorsey Levens, and I really liked that for a running back number. But I was really, like, I was only in, like, eighth grade, I think. And uh, at the time, I just, it was a player that stood out to me, and he became, you know, would have been interesting to see what that Super Bowl team would have been like had he not had a broken ankle that year. But um, just a... Someone, it felt like he was the first good running back they'd had since Amon Green. Um, and even though that time period wasn't that long of a gap, um, certainly to, you know, child me, that felt like a long time. So, uh, Ryan Grant. So we have, what, Eddie Lacy and uh, Jacob, I've already forgotten. Amon Green, there we go, and and Ryan Grant. So uh, no, no Paul Horning on that list. Um, but uh, I mean – Horning's probably like the best one. Um, I think the issue you're going to run into with this list is we're all under the age of 30. We're not as old as Jason Perrone, so we don't remember watching <laughs> him play in the 60s. Well, that's certainly true as well. But all right, fullback, Maggie. It's Again, it, we kept it on, even though it's not that prominent position, in Green Bay, like, like John Kuhn is like probably most well-known for a block that like won Green Bay an NFC North division title. So uh, it's kind of like folklore in Green Bay. So we decided to keep it on the list. And so Maggie, for you, um, fullback, who comes to mind? It's got to be John Kuhn. And a lot of that is probably because I just rewatched the 2010 season and seeing him kind of come into his own and, you know, fill in for when Ryan Grant went down, kind of that backfield by committee with Brandon Jackson and just, John Kuhn's role in the Super Bowl, like you said, he's been known for some pretty famous blocks. So 
Yeah, definitely John Kuhn. And I'm glad that he's with Packers.com now because I love his personality. So it's fun to now get to see him do something in addition to play football, get to talk about it all the time. There you go. And honestly, there's probably two answers for this question. It's probably John Kuhn and who I assume Jacob's going to pick for his. Uh, But Jacob, for you, fullback is? I'm interested to hear who you think my answer is. Well, maybe I'm wrong. But that's you told us pre-show. <laughs> I did, but <laughs> yeah, but now that the rules have changed and I've considered them further, yes, Jim Taylor was my answer pre-show. I want to give honorable mention to William Henderson uh, because yes. I remember him jumping over dudes when we were younger. I remember oddly this play against the, the we want the ball and we're going to score a game. He caught like a pass over his back shoulder from Favre in that game, and it was just so weird that a fullback could do that. Uh, fun fact about John Kuhn, his Big breakout game was against the Giants that 2010 season. Won me a fantasy championship. Picked him up on a whim. Thought he might get some goal line carries, and he scored three touchdowns that day. That was awesome. So thank you, John Kuhn, for that. But, yeah, I'm Jimmy Taylor is going to be my answer. The way that people describe him from the Lombardi era is, like, tough as nails and kind of the embodiment, uh, the original thunder and lightning, if you will, with him and Paul Horning. But if I had to – kind of stick with what we're doing and picking people from the modern age, I would pick William Henderson. There you go. Well, uh, mine, I, I have to give it to John Kuhn, but the other person that honestly came to mind for me, and I didn't even think of William Henderson until you said it. Uh, that is a great pick. Um, but this one is personal bias just because of the same name, Nick Lucci. Um, oh, yeah. uh, it's, you know, probably somebody that you hear the name, you're like, uh, like Jacob just did. Oh, yeah, that guy played for us. It wasn't... <laughs> Did you just throw water in your face, Jacob? Yeah, yeah, I don't know how. But... <laughs> none, of you, none of you listening right now can see this, but uh, Jacob just tried to pick up his water bottle and threw water into his face. So. I have no idea how. So that's Can impressive. we also give a fullback shout-out to Aaron Erpkowski because he used to use uh, Yukon Cornelius from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer as his profile picture, and it was the best. <laughs> Yes, we can. Okay, good. All Just right. Check. Well, so now we're going to move on to wide receiver. Wide receiver, because especially with the way the game has evolved, there's been a lot of them. And I mean, we are, and so we're going to do two, and there's probably going to be lots of injustices here because all the wide receivers throughout Packers history, two's probably not enough, but I. I mean, where do you set the limit? We wanted to do one per position, but we decided to expand a couple positions to two. So, Maggie, wide receiver for you, two players that come to mind are who? I was going to say Geronimo Allison, but I don't want to get made fun of today. So um, I'll say James Jones and Max McGee because the Super Bowl one stories that surround Max McGee are second to none. Legendary. Yep. All right. And Jacob, for you? Uh, Jeff Jan, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Antonio Freeman, because he was one of my favorite players when he was a kid. That was Favre's guy of all the guys that Favre had. That was definitely Favre's guy. Uh, and then Donald Driver, because as we got old, that was like the passing of the torch, if you will. The next great pack. They had some guys that came through, but the next great Packers receiver really was Donald Driver. So uh, those are my two. Uh, mine uh, is sim- similar to yours, Jacob. Uh, 
Robert Brooks. Um, when I was a kid, I, my dad had all the VHSs of the uh, seasons uh, through the 90s, and I oh. would watch those. And in the backyard, I pretended that, that I was Robert Brooks because he was my favorite receiver, even though, I mean, ultimately you look at the 90s receivers due to injury was not as prolific as someone like Antonio Freeman. But um, And then the other one to me, it kind of in the same vein, Jacob, uh, I would have picked Donald Driver because I remember when growing up, I was like, there's no way that like they're like – Donald Driver is just such a likable guy. And I was like, there's no way Green Bay will ever have a receiver that was as likable as him. And then if, and then on the same team was Jordy Nelson and what he became. Um, I mean, the, the things that I saw him do with Aaron Rodgers on the football field, simply amazing. And I know everybody was – I mean, I don't think there was a single person that was not sad when they decided that, to move on from him. And I mean, I, and, okay. And, and so the other thing I don't, is, Oh, go ahead, Jacob. I don't think anybody loves Jordy Nelson as much as Janelle Mackey does. So I want to <laughs> preface that by saying true. this, but I legitimately remember the day they cut him was the same day they signed Jimmy Graham. And I left work early that day. Cause I said I was sick to my stomach, which was true, but not for the reasons that I told my boss that day. So Travis, if you're listening, I'm sorry I lied to you, but that's why I left on that day a couple of years ago was because it just, it was one of those, even though I thought maybe the move was the right one, not necessarily for replacing him with Jimmy Graham, but trying to move in a different direction, it still stung. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, he's still one of those players that like Packer fans, not, not all of them, I know, but a lot of Packer fans even today are like, yeah, bring him back. And we're not going to get into that discussion, but that just, that lets you know where he's at in a lot of Packer fans hearts. So, all right. Well, Done with receiver, moving on to tight end. You get one tight end. Maggie, who comes to mind? Richard Rogers, Miracle in Motown. <laughs> you know, I, I when I when I first asked that, I was like, I'm actually genuinely curious. And then you gave your answer, and I was like, oh, right, not surprising. So, all right, Richard Rogers. You, you have his jersey, yes? Yes, I do. <laughs> all right. One of three in circulation. <laughs> And, and Jacob, tight end for you, who comes to mind? Hold on. Who are the other two? Zadarius Smith. I meant three Richard Rodgers jerseys because oh, the other two are owned okay. by Richard Rodgers. I was, I oh, was going to okay. say that, that the other two are owned yeah. by Richard Rodgers. That's Rogers. right. That's right. Okay. I thought, never mind. Okay. That makes a lot more sense. Okay. <laughs> tight end who comes to mind, Jermichael Finley, uh, the best tight end Aaron Rodgers ever played with, maybe the best tight end in Packers history. Uh, I know that's some lofty comparisons, but – Jermichael is one of those guys I really wish I could have seen what his career would have ended up like if he didn't break his neck and against Cleveland. So Mark Loney, if you're listening, somehow this is your fault. He's not listening. He's not going to (laughs) listen. Just like, (laughs) well, tell him he's on the show tomorrow, and maybe you will. All right, I I can do that. Um, For me, uh, a Brett Favre era player. I love the name. No, Bubba Franks. Bubba Bubba Franks. Love the name. I don't know. It's just one of those guys that just comes to mind. Uh, you know, tight end as of late hasn't really been since Jermichael Finley. It hasn't really been something to talk about in Green Bay. So oh, it has, but not for any good reasons. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Thank you for the correction, Jacob, for the clarification there. But um, yeah, Bubba Franks grew up watching him. A lot of fun. Loved the name, and um, yeah. So, all right. 
Well, moving on to offensive line, we're not going to go through guard, center, tackle. We're just going to do offensive line. And I can't remember, guys. I'm sorry. This is just the week it's been. Did we decide on two for this since we're doing the whole offensive line? Yes, we did. All right. So, Maggie, for you, two offensive linemen that come to mind are who? The first one is obviously Jerry Kramer because he is my all-time. And then TJ Lang because I always appreciated him being the enforcer of the offense um, during his tenure in Green Bay. He was phenomenal as a guard, but yeah, him for that enforcer mentality. All right. And Jacob, for you? I'm with Maggie. Jerry Kramer is absolutely on this list. He's like one of, there are a lot of, a lot of guys, but there's like a very small group of people that have become like ambassadors in Green Bay and people that are back all the time. You know, Leroy Butler is another player who comes to mind. And I think we'll talk about him later, but um, we'll get into that later. But Jerry Kramer absolutely belongs on this list. And I'm actually going to go with Brian Balaga. Maybe it's because he's become a running meme, but uh, he was a great player for 10 years. He was from Illinois, so I kind of knew him when he went from high school to Iowa. Iowa, excuse me. And now I, I miss him a lot. He was I banged the table for the Packers to bring him back, and they don't listen to me because I'm not the GM, and thank whoever you pray to that I'm not. <laughs> well, we've, we've hit our first unanimous player, uh, Jerry Kramer, for me. And then another um, – this seems it, – it always struck me – being in Green Bay is one of the most like Packers names ever. Uh, Frank Winters oh, um, from from the Brett Favre era. Uh, always liked the last name. Seemed appropriate in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, so for me, Jerry Kramer, Frank Winters. And again, once again, we're leaving so many players. This is actually probably even worse than wide receiver because it's three separate positions smushed into two players. So um but so that's the offensive side of the ball. We'll move to the defensive side of the ball here. So um, we kind of changed up the defensive side of the ball a little bit. Uh, we're doing, instead of like defensive line and then linebackers with the way the game's evolved a little bit, we're just going to do pass rushers and then off-ball linebackers. So we'll start with pass rushers uh, and one of each, and we'll, we'll, we'll separate them so we won't do – both together right now. So we'll just start with pass rushers. So Maggie, I know it's hard, um, but one pass rusher Packers who comes to mind. Sidarius Smith. All right. That I, I, I thought we were going to get our second unanimous uh, pick here, but uh, uh, I, I don't think that'll be it. So Zadarius Smith, very good choice. Um, Jacob. Blinded by love is what I call that. So that's, <laughs> that's totally okay, though. I love him, too. Uh, the greatest defensive player that's ever laced him up, and that's Reggie White, number 92. Uh, the the reason that the Packers are kind of what they are. If you guys – I mean, seriously, guys, look back and just look at what people thought of Green Bay before Reggie came here and basically changed everything. Culture in the locker room, made that defense dominant, three sacks in the Super Bowl – and the greatest defensive player ever. I mean, him and Lawrence Taylor, there's your short list right there. I'll take Reggie because I'm biased as hell, but that's, that's my answer. I misunderstood the rules, but what part of the rule did you misunderstand? I mean, I thought we were going like edge rusher and then defensive end. So I separated the two out instead of combining uh, them. Okay. But, you know, I'll stand by Zedarius. It's fine. And and again, th- that's the, that's the beauty about this game. Again, there's no wrong answer. It's who comes to mind. 
Uh, for me, it is also Reggie White. Uh, but honorable mention to another great name in Packers history, Kabir Baja Biamila. Um, it took me forever to learn how to say his name. Uh, but yeah, honorable mention to that just for the name. But so Reggie White, hard to, hard to go against that. But uh, so we'll move to the off-ball linebacker now. So this will be interesting. One here as well, Maggie, for you, who comes to mind? Dave Robinson, because he could do it all in the 60s for the Packers. All right. Jacob? Ray Nitschke, because I think if you think Packers defense, that's from the Lombardi era. I mean, there's and there's a lot of candidates. Willie Davis, Dave Robinson, Herb Adderley, Willie Wood. There's a lot of players that come to mind, but I think Nitschke's the one that really sticks out from that time. But when you think, I mean, it's not like the lineage the bears have at linebacker, but when you think Packers linebacker, I think the vast majority are going to answer Nitschke. Well, I, and not AJ Hawk, Daniel (laughs) Kotnick, meet me in Temecula. (laughs) Um, Now is, is some of that due to the fact that he was a Buckeye and you don't like Ohio state? Um, no, it's, it's the Ohio state, Nick. No, 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 it's just Ohio state because yeah, because that's all. No, um, Nick or Dan said the other day on the show that we could turn this into a Michigan, Ohio state thing, but I don't want to fight anymore. So let's, let's everybody love everybody. (laughs) Well, my, my pick for linebacker is, uh, again, a little bit of bias because he shared the same name, but he was also the first defensive player I ever had a Jersey for Nick Barnett. Um, I just, I, I liked him because he had the same name as me. I, th- I think it might've been the first like Packers player that I truly knew that had the first same name as me. And then I ended up getting his Jersey. So when I think of, you know, obviously there's great candidates from the sixties that you guys had mentioned, but for me, um, it is Nick Barnett sharing the same name as me. So, so Nick is a narcissist for everybody who's listening. <laughs> oh, nothing, nothing but the worst kind of narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> just just like Dr. Cox from Scrubs, if you've there ever you, seen that show. <laughs> yes, I do. So, all right. Well, so we'll move to corner now. And again, um, we we decided we'd put two here. So, Maggie, your two corners uh, for Packers players, who comes to mind? This was really hard. I mean, I feel like Al Harris has won. And then... We kind of debated where we were putting Charles Woodson. So if we're calling him a corner, he would be here. But if we're calling him a safety, he might be in the safety group. So I'll just call him a corner, and then I'll say Charles Woodson and L. Harris. All right. Jacob, for you, i I got to imagine being a Michigan fan, there's no way Charles Woodson's not on this list. Yeah, if Reggie White's my favorite player ever, Charles Woodson's like 1A. So, yeah, three-quarters of the world is covered by water. The other quarter is covered by Charles Woodson. Uh, the last Packers player to win defensive player of the year. I think that is a, a no brainer. I have half of Charles Woodson's one mind, one heartbeat speech tattooed on my leg. And the other half is engraved on a Super Bowl ring that I have down here somewhere. So yes, is the short answer. Charles Woodson makes the list. The other one, I'm actually going with Tremont Williams. Um, there were some candidates as you go through Mike McKenzie, Al Harris, some guys like that, but Tremont Williams broke up the last pass in the Super Bowl that I am old enough to remember winning. So I think that he absolutely deserves a spot on this list. He's been a pro's pro. I would love to see him win another championship uh, just because I think he's somebody who he's around enough. I remember I talked to him very, very, very briefly 
after a game a few years ago. And you could just kind of tell how much he appreciated being back in green Bay after you leave. And I always like seeing stuff like that. I mean, maybe that's a little too sentimental of me, but when a guy leaves and comes back or a guy comes here and you kind of see the look of in their eyes of something like, so this is what they mean when they talk about like the Packers and what green Bay is like and all that sort of stuff. And I think Tremont has a really good understanding of that. All right. Well, we, we now have our second unanimous player, uh, Charles Woodson, uh, for so many reasons, but I was also, uh, growing up, it was one of the, like, I just remember when they signed him, I, like, it was weird for me as a kid to be like, wow, we actually signed somebody that I've actually heard of before. Um, it wasn't just like, you know, people that like, oh, like if you're really doing scouting. So for, you know, however old I was, eighth grade me or something like that, I was like, oh, Charles Woodson, I know that name. I, you know. So on my NFL street team that I, you know, have. So uh, Charles Woodson for sure. And then the other one for me, Mike McKenzie, loved the dreadlocks. Um, it was, it, and that's part of the reason why he stood out to me was as a kid that, you know, I was like, oh, like what's with all the, what's with all the hair? Like I didn't get it, but I thought it was cool. Cause like, I just didn't understand it, but I was like, that looks cool. And yeah, he's good. So um, Charles Woodson, Mike McKenzie for me. Moving on quickly here to safety. Again, we picked two here. Um, so, Maggie, two safeties that come to mind. Uh, and, no, it doesn't have to be differentiated between free and strong safety. If Is that even <laughs> a thing anymore in the NFL, or is it just safety? Not really. Uh, I mean, there are guys that excel better close to the line of scrimmage. Like Adrian Amos, for example, can do both, but he's a better player if he's playing – closer to the line of scrimmage, whereas like Darnell Savage is more of your deeps or Earl Thomas, or uh, I'm trying to think of a really good example of a box safety off the top. Landon Collins is a, is a really good player that plays in the box, so to speak. But they don't really classify him as free versus strong. Not as much because a lot of them are interchangeable, but you know, like who's good at what. So like when it was Morgan Burnett and ha ha Clinton Dix, well, yeah. That's kind of a sad example, I guess, that I just used. But um, Nick Collins and Charlie Pepra is a good one. So Nick Collins was your deep roamer. Charlie Pepra kind of moved closer to the box. And Pepra wasn't great, but that's kind of how they do it. Okay. Well, that aside, so now that we've learned that my first point was pointless because they don't really differentiate anymore, Maggie, the two safeties that come to mind for you are who? Mine are Leroy Butler and Nick Collins, because I think that, you know, the fact that they both wear 36 helps, but two safeties that were just prime in their era, Nick Collins really, you know, sad to see what happened with his career. I, it feels like you could make the argument that he would have been a Hall of Famer. Leroy Butler will be in the Hall of Fame. Hopefully it happens very soon for him. But yeah, just really, really high standard of safety play in Green Bay. All right. And Jacob, for you? Uh, I'm in the same boat. I mentioned earlier about Jerry Kramer and talking about ambassadors. Uh, Leroy Butler is certainly that, the inventor of the Lambo Leap. And Nick Collins had a pick six in the Super Bowl that I think I've described it on this show before that felt like an out-of-body experience. Like I couldn't process what was happening, that my favorite team and one of their players intercepted a pass and was going to return it for a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm right with Maggie. Like maybe we've kind of overrated – I don't – I hate that word, but overrated Collins a bit since he's retired, but it does feel the same to me that like, yeah, he could have been on a hall of fame type trajectory for my money's worth. And every Steelers fan, you turn up the radio right now, Ed Reed, number one, Nick Collins, number two, Troy Polamalu, number three. All right. 
Or Palomalo just had long hair and better PR. That's it. <laughs> well, I, do, I do agree with the – I don't think you can dispute it with Ed Reed at number one. But um, for me, uh, the same – I had to curtail mine a little bit uh, for a player that I cannot include on this list. Um, that's all I'll say. If you can figure it out from there, kudos to you. If you can't, well, all the better. So uh, for me, Leroy Butler and Nick Collins. Um, Nick Collins w- literally was my favorite Packer player like of all time before he got hurt. I, I don't know. I think it was the transition from like growing up with Leroy Butler wearing number 36 and then having Nick Collins come in and he wore 36 and he was hella good. Um, and I don't know, I don't know if there's any truth to this, but I remember, yes, I know. Like, it's like, I'm like 2000 and I don't even know what, the, what year that's from. Just Jacob, just ignore it. But this is one of those moments where I know you want to comment and, and just rake me over the coals, but just let it go. We'll just, we'll just move on. Um, <laughs> But and I don't know if there's I don't know if there's any truth to this, but I remember uh, when Nick Collins got hurt, I had heard from people again, no idea if this is true or not, um, but just going on of what you guys said about his career being cut short, that like he was kind of like the quarterback for that secondary, and when he got hurt, like that secondary was never the same because of the the loss of leadership from him out there on the field. So um, not only was he a great player, but um, you know, sadly, career cut short due to injury. Would have loved to have seen what he could have been. Um, at, at, at this point, would he still be? I'm trying to think. Would he? He or is he uh, be the end of his career at this point? Would, right? He, yeah, his career would probably be over. He was younger yeah. when he got hurt, but that was in 2011, and he was playing safety, so he probably would have gotten a contract and then gone somewhere else. All right. So, well, there we did it. We did it. Uh, all the players except for kicker and punter because Jacob doesn't like kickers. And I just, I dare you to name a punter that wasn't on Green Bay's team in the last 10 years. And so we'll Fred just... Hendrick, I win. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Jacob wins. And I'm sure actually a lot of you out there probably could. I'm one of those people that can't. So we'll just leave it at that. But real quickly, uh, we have just a little bit of time. We we were going to see how much time we had left. Uh, We only have time to do just the NFC North. Um, So we'll go around. We're not doing every position, so don't worry about that. We only got about three minutes left here. So, um, But we'll go uh, through each team. uh, Not Packers. We already covered that. Uh, Bears, Vikings, Lions. uh, When you hear that, who comes to mind? And remember, it doesn't have to be somebody that's currently on the roster. So, Maggie, I'll start with you. We'll start with the lowly Lions. When you think of Detroit, who comes to mind? It's got to be Calvin Johnson because he was one of those players that every time the Packers played, even though the Lions were not good, uh, like record-wise, you always worried about Calvin Johnson and the ball getting to him. So, yeah, he was just phenomenal to get to watch and – you know, I, I wonder if he would have extended his career a little bit longer had it not been with the Lions. But definitely Megatron is like the name when I think of the Lions. All right, Jacob, for you, who comes to mind with the Lions? Uh, Barry Sanders for the same reasons, which the Lions, if you draft a once-in-a-generation type player, you can guarantee they're going to retire early, I guess. But kind of the same reasons Maggie mentioned, but in an era where running the ball was a little more prevalent than it is now. I also remember to this day, there was, I think it was like a random Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday. I can't remember. I remember it was a night game 
And Barry Sanders ran wild when I was in like the kindergarten or the first grade. And my best friend to this, this is why I remember it. My best friend to this day, I remember at the time, he's a huge Packers fan. Now his daddy raised him right and all that stuff and corrected that. But he told me the next day he was a Detroit lions fan. Cause he liked Barry Sanders. And like, that was a big strain on our friendship when we were five years old, because how dare you, you liked the Packers going into yesterday's game and now you don't anymore. So yeah, Barry Sanders was awesome. Greatest running back ever for my money's worth. Well, you guys went the positive route. I'm going to go the negative route just because I absolutely hated him. Still kind of do. Nadama can sue. Um, uh, two, 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 uh, two instances come to mind. The first one, the most obvious one, is when he he says he didn't do it, but we all we all really know that uh, that uh, week seventeen game in 2014 when he uh, he lingered a little bit too long on Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what his leg. I don't know what specific part you want to call it, ankle, leg, whatever. But, uh, yeah, he's kind of a dirty player. And then who could forget Thanksgiving Day? Was that the year they won the Super Bowl? That was no, 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 no. They, yeah, n- never mind. But, uh, but yeah, he got ejected because – and I, you guys got to help me out here. I don't remember all these. Who did he step on in Evan that game? Evan Dietrich Smith. Evan Dietrich Smith, okay. But, yeah, I mean, like I think of the Lions, he comes to mind – Never, never liked that. But um, so, all right, we'll move quickly here to the Vikings. Maggie, Minnesota, zero Super Bowl rings. That's what comes to mind for me. But uh, player-wise, who comes to mind? Player-wise, probably Jared Allen for a lot of the same reason. Uh, You listed Sue. I mean, hated playing against him. Hated any time he would have any type of success against the Packers. Just, you know peak Viking, one of those players that you really like to root against, even if he's like probably a decent guy off the field, just hated seeing him actually on the field. Yeah, well, I, I think there's a lot of Packer fans, and just based on Jacob's facial expression, it sounds like he agrees. But Jacob, I hate, I hate Jared Allen. Like, I, I, I hate Jared Allen, and I will never forget his – my like lasting image of Jared Allen is it's 2011. The Packers are winning like 31 to nothing. And Allen gets a sack after the Packers have gone up and down the field all night long. And he does that stupid goat rope, cow rope dance thing that he does while they're getting killed. It's like, do you realize how stupid you look right now? But anyways, for the sake of difference, I will pick Randy Moss because I've never been more terrified of an opposing player in my entire life. Uh, a lot of Packer fans hated it. I thought him pretending to moon the crowd in 2004 was hilarious. Um, Joe Buck begs to Joe Buck's, <laughs> Joe Buck's call afterwards makes it funnier. Jeff Compton, if you're listening, he was my athletic director in high school, and we talked about that all the time. Uh, but Randy Moss, I mean, you literally want to talk about a Hall of Fame general manager, Ron Wolf, shaped an entire draft the following year around one player. They drafted three cornerbacks – and Antoine Edwards, Fred Vincent, and Mike McKenzie. Wow, that was impressive even for me. Um, they drafted all three of those guys in a row just because Randy Moss lit them on fire twice in the previous season. Randy Moss was terrified, still is. And I remember when the Packers were trying to trade for him and almost did, and I wanted him in Green Bay so bad. That would have been so awesome, but it didn't work. So, yeah, the Vikings, it's Randy Moss with an honorable mention to Kirk Cousins. everybody loves Kirk Cousins Um, you know this is a hard one for me growing up having grown up in Minnesota because 
it's literally any player ever I pretty much hated, but it had to have been for me, Randy Moss, um, because he had a lot of different quarterbacks. I, I thought about going with Dante Culpepper. Yep. I thought about going with Dante Culpepper, uh, but man, Randy Moss as as a as a kid having to go to school every day with people that like adored Randy Moss because he was on their team uh, and for how good he was, yeah, that was that was hard. So Randy Moss is it for me, but um, there's there's lots of players I could I could name on that list. So all right, well, lastly, real quick here, the Bears. Uh, this is probably just historically probably the most difficult, uh, but uh, Maggie, the Bears, who comes to mind? See, you were like, historically, it's going to be difficult, and I'm sitting here like, is it Rex Grossman or Jay Cutler? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, historically... One's got the be, better like, nickname, but the other one completes more passes to green and gold, so, I mean, hard to go wrong. If I'm going from, like, a historical perspective, it's obviously George Hallis for everything they did for the franchise and the rivalry. You know, that's always to be respected. But I think, like, player that comes to mind, it has to be Smoke and Jay because everything about what he was as a bear on and off the field, his friendship with Aaron Rodgers, like, he was fun. And he made it so you hated the Bears a little less, I think. Do we even need to go through the rest? Like, I mean, Jacob, do I have to ask you? I love Jay Cutler. Like, uh, <laughs> if anybody wants a great Jay Cutler story, at Ivan Carter 9, tweet him. His name's Ivan. He lives in San Diego, but he met Jay Cutler once, and he has some really good Cutler stories. I love Jay. Uh, I've defended him almost as much as anybody could. He's the fourth best quarterback in the history of the Green Bay Packers. That's probably part of it as well. Uh, but I'm actually <laughs> – even though that's funny, uh, I'm going to go with Brian Erlacher because he was like the first players. Like, because the Bears were awful when I was a little kid. Like, the Packers beating the Bears by a bunch was a thing. And Erlacher was finally like the answer to, okay, you've got Favre, but we've got Erlacher. And he was the face of those defenses, even still. Um, you know, 2006, they go to the Super Bowl. He's their best player. 2010, they're playing to go to the Super Bowl against Green Bay. It was Erlacher and Briggs and Julius Peppers, and but it was really Erlacher that has everything. Chicago Bears, linebackers, I kind of talked about that a little bit earlier, and he's like the one as far as the one that the Packers have had. He's a Hall of Famer uh, and somebody I really respected uh, as a player during his time frame. It's one of those guys, like I, I was kind of talking about it earlier before the show started, players you learn to love to hate, and you hate them just because they're so damn good but they're on a team that you don't like. So Richard Sherman is somebody like that for me. I love to hate him because he's on, he was on Seattle and he's like the face of that team. So Erlacher was definitely that guy uh, for more than a decade. Uh, definitely you one of the him now though, because if you have to drive through Chicago, like I do, his hair, it's obnoxious. <laughs> there are way too many billboards. It's annoying. I don't like seeing him all over Chicago when I have to drive through Illinois, which okay. I try not to do regularly. My condolences for having to drive through this crappy state one. Two, I remember <laughs> the first time I saw the billboard and I had not seen him with hair. It was jarring. Like, They're I like never saw hundred yards. They're everywhere. Yeah. It's kind of like the Rogers billboards for Purveya. Is it Bridgestone <laughs> on the way up? Yeah, but I mean, that's Aaron Rodgers, so that's okay. My wife hates them because there's a couple that have him and just the mustache, and she hates his mustache. Like, and she's very vocal about how much she hates his mustache. So, but it is kind of that way. You're right. 
Well, I think we kind of have a unanimous here because, I mean, you can't go wrong with Jay Cutler. And, I mean, Brian Erlacher, from from respect standpoint of same boat, Jake, that you're in. Um, and then the other one, Maggie, you kind of mentioned it. One of the greatest nicknames in all of sports, Sexy Rexy. I, I, loved, I loved Rex Grossman uh, just for that reason. So those three, it's a little, little cheating here. But, I mean, let's be real. When you stack the Bears franchise next to the Vikings and the Lions, yeah, you're going to come up with more names than <laughs> – <laughs> than uh, with one franchise and with those two combined. So, well, with that, uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, hopefully this was fun. Let us know some of your favorite players. You don't have to do position by position. If you do, more power to you. Feel free to do that. Let us know on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Uh, you can also tweet at, well, both Maggie and Jacob. Uh, I am taking a hiatus from Twitter uh, permanently. Not that that's really any different from the last several months that you guys have listened, but... Um, but speaking of that, real quickly, if people, Maggie, if people want to follow you on Twitter, follow your work, how can they do that? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney, L-O-N-E-Y. I write for She Said TV, and I podcast with Perry Goldstein for the PAX, which she said podcast. And shout out to BJ Raji, because he did not get any love on this episode. And I feel like I let him down. <laughs> All right. And Jacob, people want to follow you on Twitter, follow your work. How do they do that? Yeah, it's at Jacob Westendorf. You can find me over at Packer Report 66. I just finished something for, let's see, today's Thursday. So Tuesday on how the Packers offense might shift and what that could look like and some cool stuff that they did out of. I'm not Dusty Evely, but nobody is. <laughs> uh, but I do have some video stuff in there of some cool stuff they did with your different personnel packages. So if you like that kind of stuff, uh, go ahead and check that out. And shout out to BJ Raji. I love him. But not as much as I do. The freezer, no, no. the freezer, right? That's right, the freezer, the freezer. I had a, I bought a shirt that said that on it. I remember in like that Super Bowl season, I had nothing better to spend my money on, so I bought all those stupid shirts. There was the one that had the freezer on it. I had one that was, it was the clay maker with like fake hair on the back of it. It was. I had a lot of stupid things that I bought, and I'm not proud of them. <laughs> All right. Well, so that wraps it up here. Uh, make sure to go give Maggie and Jacob a follow on Twitter. Uh, make sure that you also go to the Packaday Podcast Twitter as well. Make sure you're following that as well. And like I said, tweet at us who comes to mind for you with the Packers, and maybe maybe even do it for the Bears, Lions, and Vikings as well. Somebody like Jacob said that you love to hate um, or maybe somebody you, man, you really hated them, but you wish they were playing with Green Bay. Let us know on Twitter at Packaday Podcast or Maggie and Jacob's Twitter handle. Uh, with that, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Hopefully, this was a little bit of a bright spot in your day. And also, please let us know something like this. It's a little different. Let us know what you guys thought of it. If it's something that was kind of cool, you enjoyed it, let us know. Maybe bring more content like this. If not, um, you know, let us know as well. Our feelings won't get hurt that much. Um, but, uh, just, a but just a little bit. But uh, we're here for you, the listeners. So we want to curtail the uh, the discussions and the topic towards what you guys want to hear. So let us know what you guys think. Uh, you let us know at Pack Day Podcast. With that, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.